It's good to see everyone here in the house of the Lord this morning. Open your Bibles to the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And I'm going to be speaking today on the subject of how to draw near to God. Uh, uh, If your child were to ask you the question, how do I draw near to God? How would you respond? What would you say to them? If a friend or colleague may ask you the question, how would you respond uh, uh, to that question? If, if they say, if, I, if, if I'm not where I should be in my relationship to God, can you help me? What would you say? What would you say to them? How would you respond? Do you know personally how you would draw uh, nearer to God? James tells us this morning specifically and precisely how we can draw near to Him. Uh, look with me in the book of James, chapter number 4, and we're going to begin verse number 7 uh, through 10. Stand with me, if you would, uh, for the reading of the Scriptures as we read James chapter 4, starting with verse number 7. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those you brought together to this morning in the house of the Lord. I pray, dear Lord, that you would just work uh, in the lives of those who are here today. Work in all of our hearts that we might draw closer to you wherever we are in our relationship to you. Dear Lord, I pray that at the end of this day that we'll be closer to you as a result of hearing from you today. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. If you had a Bible character that you would compare your life to, uh, who would it be? It, who would it be? It may be, in your present situation, who would you characterize that you would follow with your life? It, it might be an Enoch. Uh, one that I, you're walking with the Lord. You're, you're hand in hand with the Lord. You're, you're in agreement with the Lord. I, I, and you're in step with the Lord. Uh, you may be able to say uh, about your relationship with the Lord, I'm close. I have an intimate relationship with the Lord. Or you may be a David. You may be a David. I, there are days that I'm praising the Lord. There, there are days that I'm in the presence of the Lord. Uh, there's days where I'm close to the, the Lord, and, and then there are days, as he spoke in Psalm 42, 11, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Maybe there are days where you look and linger a little longer than you should. Maybe there are days that you fall down and skin your spiritual knees. Maybe there are days that you just don't get it right. There are days when you you do get it right, and there's days where you just mess up. 
Or maybe there are others here that say I'm more like the prodigal son. I'm out of fellowship with God. I'm, I'm out in the world. I'm living a, a selfish, for selfish passion. I, I don't think about God. It's all about my desires and my preferences. And I've made a mess of my life. I'm saved and when I die, I'm going to heaven. But right now, I'm a mess. Well, James is talking to people who are miserable. Those who have gotten it right and those who have gotten it wrong. The prior verses leading up to this passage of Scripture, it state how that some were having a love affair with the world. And he uses some pretty strong language back in verse number 4 of James chapter 4. He says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Uh, uh, what, whosoever therefore be, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Uh, he uses some pretty strong wording there. In spite of where you are spiritually today, you can come near to God. And, and this was a new thought in, in, to the readers of this book. James was written about 47 A.D. About 14 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is considered the very first book written uh, in the New Testament. It was a new thing, uh, that, that, that a new idea that was being presented that, that, church, that these new Christians were learning as they went. These Christians had been in the church in Jerusalem with their pastor James, and now they are scattered all over the world because of persecution been brought on by the Roman Emperor Titus. This was the first generation of people that heard the words, you can draw near to God. Uh, prior to this, they heard the words, come to the temple and, and let one of our priests do it for you. That's what the message was before, but now they don't have to do that. Now, uh, since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, you don't have to go through a priest. Because you are a, a, a now a believer priest, you can come into His presence yourself. You can draw near to God all by yourself. On the basis of your salvation, you can come directly to God. That's good news. Not that we have earned that right, but because Jesus has given us that right to draw near to Him. First thing I want us to see is we're to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Verse number 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Uh, submit yourselves to God. Now, you, you will not draw near to God without a conflict. Uh, there, there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a war. There's going to be conflict. But this is where you start. You have to recognize there is a God and you aren't Him. Uh, and, and you have to be willing to put yourselves under God's direction. In the wording of these verses, there's a sense of urgency. That there are these people that James is writing to, they, they're, they're away from Jerusalem. Persecution has driven them to regions 
outside of Jerusalem and they're, 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 want, they're looking for a safe haven to live their lives. And, and James is writing to them. They're, they're away from the, the Jerusalem. They're away from the temple. They're away from their pastors, uh, their pastor and other believers. Um, and, and, and the thing what he's, he's trying to tell them is that if you're going to survive, you've got to submit to God. You've got to submit, first of all, submit to God. Listen to what He is saying to you. Listen to what God is saying to you. Pay attention to His words. They are in danger of being swallowed up by the world. And He says with urgency, He says, submit to God. Do it now. Why wouldn't you want to draw near to God today? You may ask, I, I, I want to think about it for a while. I want to pray about it if I draw near to God. Listen, you don't have to pray about something. When, when God has already told us to do something, you don't have to pray whether He wants you to do it or not. You don't have to pray if God wants you to witness to somebody. Okay? Uh, if, if you really want me to witness to somebody, I'll, I'll pray about it and give me the answer. No, He's already told you to do that. Now, you can pray for individual people, but you don't have to, you don't have to pray and ask God if it's alright for you to witness to somebody. He's already told you to do it. Okay? Uh, we don't have to pray about something. Listen, you don't pray about getting close to God. He's already told you to do it. We just need to do it. Uh, don't save it for another day. There's, there's no benefit for, for, for delaying drawing close to God. Amen. There, there's no, no, uh, no blessings for delaying drawing near to God. Time wasted of thinking about it. There's time lost in closeness with Him. You have a, no desire to be close to, the, to Him, then, then you have a bigger problem. Amen. If you have no desire to be close to Him, then you've got a bigger problem. He says to submit to God. Here's the problem. Uh, submitting to someone goes against our personality. We, we are uh, very independent-minded people. I'm an adult. I'm going to do what I want to do. I, no one's going to tell me what to do. It's the attitude that we live by. We, have, we, we, we feel like that we have all the decisions. We can do whatever we want. Someone is saying, I ain't submitting. And anyone, uh, and any, to, to anyone, and they can't make me. Um, I got a great education. And I'm not submitting to anyone. I've got too much money in the bank to submit to anyone. Doesn't matter who you are, everyone must submit to somebody or something. We must submit. He says submit to God. Surrender to God. Acknowledge His right to rule over you. Have you done that? Set yourself under God. Have you done that? He has the right to be your Lord. You call Him your Lord. That means that He is your Master. And you are His servant. Set yourself under Him. Submit to Him. It may go against what is in our nature. But you have a new nature in Christ. And we should align ourselves under God's authority. Submit to God. Then it says to resist the devil. Have you ever chosen just this part of the verse, but not put it in, and, and put it into practice? Uh, to resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you? We, we, we claim that verse, 
And, and, and maybe we have resisted the devil, and, and sometime or another resisted it with all your power, and we're honestly trying to resist his temptations, and it didn't work. It, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? It, 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 but it, it doesn't just say resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It says submit yourself, therefore, to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We leave off that first part. We try to resist the devil uh, and expect the devil to flee from us without submitting to the Lord. And, and, and you can't separate them. Listen, it's just not going to work if you do one part and not the other. Uh, he says, uh, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You can't resist the devil until you have submitted to God. You can't say, I'll resist the devil today and somewhere down the road I'll submit to God. It won't work. Uh, don't pick and choose the parts that you like. You must accept it all. Submit and resist. Only when you submit to God will you be in a position to resist the devil. Then and only then will he flee from you. Let me ask you a question. Those who refuse to submit to God, refuse to obey his commands, the strong will inside of you says, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. I'm the captain of my own ship. How's that working out for you? Are you overwhelmed with joy? Are, are, is life enjoyable? Do you have a lot of good Christian friends? Listen, when we refuse to submit to God, we will have chaos. We will make a big mess of our lives. How do we draw near to God? It starts by submitting to God. Acknowledge that God's way is the best way. And, and acknowledge that He is right and we are wrong. We must acknowledge that. Secondly, I want us to see we're to draw nigh to Him. When He, he will draw nigh to you, one thing that keeps us from drawing near to God is our love for the world. We, we all may be a little bit more materialistic than we like than we'd like to admit. We may excuse ourselves by saying everybody else does it. Everybody else is into that. We make excuses after excuses, but the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. I, I didn't write that. Okay, that was written by James under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's not wrong to have possessions, but it's wrong to have possessions have you. You know what I mean? We need to submit to God. You need to recognize that you cannot be a friend of this world. This world is what crucified our Lord. The world is what put Him on the cross. Uh, this world wants to keep you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. This world is working hard to keep others away from uh, the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This world will keep you out of fellowship with His church and with the members of it. God draws near to us as we draw near to Him. We do that through Jesus Christ. We don't do it based on what we do 
We live in a performance-based society today. We, we, the better we perform at work, the higher we go up the corporate ladder. The better we are at school, the more rewards and scholarships we receive, we, we don't draw near to God based upon our performance before God. We can't work our way up. It's, it, you may be the biggest tither. You may be the best teacher. You may be the best deacon, the best preacher. You cannot draw near to God based upon your merits. It is based upon a sacrifice that was made on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's where it's based. You can't brag about your accomplishments. It's not about you. It's not about what you have done. I, I know you can provide a, a long laundry list of, of things that you've accomplished in your Christian life and, and hold it up proudly. Listen, it's not about you. It's what Jesus done through you. Yeah. Give Him the credit where it's due. You didn't do anything that, that He didn't allow you to do, that He didn't give you the, the courage to do, that He didn't give you the, 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 the spirit to do, the knowledge and everything. Everything you did, you did because He allowed you to do it. Don't take credit for that. It's Him. Your relationship to God today is exactly where you choose it to be. If you're not near to God, don't point your finger at God. He didn't go nowhere. He didn't leave you. He didn't walk away from you. Don't point your finger at Him. Look in the mirror. It's not about your situation. Not about your culture around you. It's not about your background. You choose to be where you are today in your relationship to God. You have the power to draw near or to stay at arm's length away from God. We choose if we're going to walk with God. We choose if we're going to dance with the devil. We choose to make those decisions. No one can make you draw near to God. James says, make the decision and do it now. Make the decision and do it now. He, he said you must submit to God. You must resist the devil. Draw near to God. And thirdly, I want us to look at, he says to cleanse yourself. So we look on down uh, in, in, our, in, our, in our text. He said uh, in verse number 8, Draw nigh uh, to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's some cleansing going on here. There's an outward uh, cleansing of the outward life, and there's a cleansing, word, a cleansing of the inward life. Uh, he, he, cleanse your hands, you sinners, He says. He uses the language of ceremonial worship. What they did in the temple. The priest, as he prepares to offer the sacrifices, he would clean his hands in the laver in the temple. He would ceremoniously cleanse his hands. During that process, God was teaching the necessity of being clean before God. Isaiah would say, uh, I am a man of unclean lips. He recognized his position in, life, in, in, in the face of God. We, we don't get to set the rules. We are to draw near, but we must do it His way. We must cleanse our hands. We must remove the moral dirt from our lives. Listen, you can't have an affair with the world and draw near to God. It, it, it just doesn't work. 
Uh, and he talked about the inward life to purify your hearts. We need inner purification. You can't have double-mindedness. Listen, you can't love the world and love God and, and, and be attracted to the world and serve the world without drawing away from God. Uh, we must get our priorities right to draw near to Him. Listen, to cleanse our life. We, 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 have, we have problems in our life and it's sometimes we're not going to be drawn close to God as long as we're holding on to that sin. Well, nobody really knows about that sin. God does. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I've got this sin under control. I don't think it's going to affect me. Who do you think you're kidding? Who do you think you're kidding? Listen, it does affect you. It affects, affects your life. It affects your family. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you're willing to pay, and, and keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll get you, it hooks into you and will destroy your life if you allow it. He says to cleanse your hands and to, uh, and to purify your hearts. We need inner purification. The heart's a hard thing to, to see because you know, nobody really knows what's in your heart. You can have evil thoughts in your heart and, and get away with it for a long time because nobody can see it. Hatred, unforgiveness, uh, jealousy. We can have these things in our heart and nobody sees it and everybody looks at us and says, oh, we're a pretty good person. It says purify your heart. That part, that inward part. Make it right before God. Cleanse your hands. Clean the outside, but also work on the inside. Work on the inside. That stuff that we kind of keep hidden from everybody. Purify your hearts. God wants you to draw near to Him. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to walk with you. But here are His conditions. Are you willing to meet those conditions? Submit to Him. Resist the devil. Draw near to Him. Cleanse your hands. Purify your heart. And then in verse number 9, he says he has another condition. And we need to take sin seriously. He says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. How do you react to your sin? How, how do you react when sin comes in your life? Mental sin. Those thoughts that we think. Sin of the tongue. Things that comes out of our mouth. Sin of the flesh. Things that we do. That pleases the flesh. When you sin, how do you respond? Listen, it's not a, it's not a laughing matter. It should make us sorrowful. Uh, we tell stories about our sin and laugh and, and have a good time telling it. Instead of mourning and weeping, we speak with pride that we did it. I'll talk that. You know, we have these conversations and people tell stories and every story has to 
get one up on whoever told the last story. And you know how it goes. So the subject gets on sin and people start confessing their sin and laughing about it as if it's some kind of a badge of honor. Listen, what, what's your attitude towards your sin? Are you truly sorry? Does it make you sorrow that you were a bad testimony? Does it make you mourn that, that, that you have failed God? Does it make you weep? James says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. I worry that the nicest carpeting in the church is right down here at the altar. I worry that the, the newest looking upholstery is in the front of the church. I, I worry because people are, do not mourn. They, don't, they, don't, they, they think that they're okay and don't mourn their, their sin. I worry. Listen, we need to see the sin and the filth in our lives. Paul would say, Oh, wretched man that I am. He was willing to see himself as he was. He grieved as he thought of his sins. Can you imagine Paul as he thought about Stephen? His Later, he was his brother in Christ, and he, had, he was responsible for his death. He called himself, O wretched man that I am. We can never draw near to God if we cannot look at our sins and admit to ourselves, O wretched man that I am. As long as you are trying to blame someone else for your sin, you will never draw near to God. It's not someone else's fault for your sin. You can't blame it on anybody. Uh, you can't blame it on anyone or circumstances. You must admit that you're the blame for your sin. Psalm 51 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Listen, God will not despise a broken heart because of our sins. When was your last time your heart has been broken because of your sins? God will despise an arrogant heart, a puffed up attitude about our sins. He will despise that. Listen, it's not a matter of comparing our lives with someone else and saying, well, I'm as good or better than that person. Uh, we can always look around and find someone to compare ourselves to that convinced us that we're just not that bad. We can do that. It's, it's, it, it's easy to do. But well, listen, when we compare ourselves to the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we always fall short. How do we, how do we see ourselves? The last thing I want us to see here is to, it says to humble yourselves. Verse number 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. For many years, this virtue has been despised. This has been called, uh, caused many to believe it's synonymous with being weak. Uh, that it means the same thing as being weak, being soft. That is not what it means. Humility and meekness does not mean weakness. Uh, Moses was a very meek man, but he was never weak. 
Jesus was meek and humble, but our Lord was never weak. Here is a humility of heart and mind. James is saying, as you come into the presence of God, to come with a spirit of humility. You will never strut or walk with a swagger in the presence of God. Look at me. Aren't you proud of me, Lord? No, that kind of attitude you'll never do. The end of the second verse of the song of Rock of Ages, it says, In my hand no prize I bring, simply to the cross I claim. We have nothing to boast about. Isaiah said it best. When he looked up into the heavens and he saw the temple and he saw the throne of God and he says in the year, in verse number 1 of Isaiah 6, he said, the year Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple when he saw that it was in the presence of God, when he saw the, the glory of God and all about him. The, clothes, the more he is seen and his vision was opened, his eyes, he says in verse number 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, and because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Listen, folks. It's not about how great you are. It's how great our Savior is. It's about what He's done for you. Listen, you are who you are by the grace of God. If it wasn't for His grace, you'd be out there in the world with the rest of the ungodliness. You wouldn't be in a church this morning. You are who you are because of God's grace. Oh, you need to recognize that and, and give Him all the glory and all the praise for that. You are who you are because of what He's done, not because of what you've done. When we come into the presence of God, we must understand it's not about you. It's not about your accomplishments. It's not about your service. It's, it's about what Jesus has done for you. God wants to draw near to you if you will draw near to Him. He wants to have fellowship you, with you if you will submit to Him. If, if you will resist the devil... If you will acknowledge your sin and mourn for your sins, humble yourself before Him. It says that the Lord will lift you up. He will lift you up, encourage you to move forward. It doesn't matter how long you've been straying from God. It doesn't matter how far you have gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you will submit to God, resist the devil, Draw near to God. Acknowledge and grieve for your sins. And bow for Him. Before Him. He will lift you up. Wrap His arms around you. Brush off the dirt. Off of you. And send you forward into His kingdom. This is what He wants to do today. This is His desire. For you today. Won't you listen? Won't you listen? The subject of today's lesson, today's message was draw near to God. And I want to ask you the question. 
Where are you in your relationship to God? Do you feel like you're as close as you used to be? Do you feel like you're closer now than you've ever been? Listen, I, I grew up in church and I know how it feels to sit in church week after week. Year after year, listen to the messages. They all, some of them sound good. Some of them are winners and some of them are losers. You like some of them better than others. Little by little, sin infiltrates your life. We get kind of going through the motions. We sing the song without much spirit. We, we half-heartedly participate in the worship hour. We go through the motions and somewhere along the the way we say, you know, I feel like I, God is way over here and I'm over here and, and, and we're just not walking together anymore. And we wonder how that happened. Little by little, one step at a time, things have happened. Things, things of life happen and it, and it causes us to lose our focus. What's our focus class? My Sunday school class? What's our focus? What's that? Lost souls. That's our focus. We've lost our focus. We're concerned about getting our feelings hurt. We're, we're, we're concerned about getting, getting credit for all the work that we do. And, 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 we're, and we're throwing slangs at somebody else because they're not helping. And we're blaming everybody else. Except the one we ought to be blaming. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Draw near to God. Cleanse your hands. Purify your heart. And humble yourself. That's what God's asking you to do. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you Lord for this day. We thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. For where you brought us from to where we are today, we just praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, for intervening in a life that was going nowhere. And um, you rescued us, Lord. We're so thankful for that. Dear Lord, as time gone on, we've, we've drifted. We've lost the fire. We've lost the burden. We've, we've drifted from you, Lord. This morning, dear Lord, I just want to, I just want to be, oh, I want to be like you, like I used to be. I want to get serious with you, Lord. I want to draw closer to you. Lord, I just pray that our people here today will have a burning desire to draw close to you. Help us, dear Lord, to move forward, to take a stand, to say 
what's right and what's wrong. To not have that relationship with the world that seems to be destroying our Christian life. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would just help us all to draw to Him. Thank you, Lord, for what you do to us and do through us. Thank you for all your love and your care for us. We just ask that you just forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.